0: very spontaneous and just something on my heart right now but um uh, just loved the songs you guys sang they are just beautiful and that first song you sang king of my heart is my favorite song but there's a line in it that says you're never going to let me down you're never going to let me down you're never going to let me down and i know when i was singing that one day i thought really you're never going to let me down. I don't know about you, but I've gone through experiences where I have felt he really let me down. It was like he never showed up. Or he didn't do quite what I wanted. He didn't answer my prayer. He didn't do it in the way I wanted it. And I think we need to really understand at times what that means, you're never going to let me down. And, you know, we need to look at what has God promised us and what has God not promised us. And as I looked at Bethany there, five years of age, became a Christian. She's known God a lot of her life. She's heard all the promises. I wonder what it was like for her to suddenly have a shark attack, eat her arm off. Where were you in that how did how did that come to happen how did you let that happen God these are the normal human questions we ask in the middle of incredible anguish and incredible pain and you know Jesus understood that and he went through the anguish And the overwhelming bewilderment of, oh God, why have you let me down? Why have you forsaken me? And what I'm really trying to say here is that there are things that God will never let us down in. And those are the things we need to know rather than the things we don't know. He doesn't promise to answer every prayer you pray sometimes he says yes and we rejoice in that and sometimes he says no and sometimes he says just wait and so it can be very confusing sometimes when things happen we pray so desperately for a situation and it doesn't change people die things happen terrible things can happen but he does promise this i will be with you when you walk through the river i will be there when you go through the fire i will be there i will never leave you nor forsake you and because of the cross he says i will always forgive you i will forgive your sins and i will set you free from the power and impact of sin These are the things that God promises and that we can take on hold. And I just maybe sense that there are some of you who struggle with this question of, you know, he's never going to let me down. You know, God is going to just, maybe it's because we come from a belief sometimes that, you know, God is going to give me a happy life. And we'd all love a nice, happy life. Of course we would, wouldn't we? Who wants pain? Who wants anguish? Who wants any of that stuff? We run from it. We'd like a nice, happy life. And we sort of believe that Jesus is going to put us in a nice little cocoon and keep us in a nice, happy life. And so when it doesn't happen, we get devastated. And it's easy to feel that he doesn't care. He's not there. How could you say he loves me when this is all happening? But you see, he doesn't promise the happy life. He promises that in the middle of the trouble, in the middle of the anguish, in the middle of the pain, I will be with you. And he's still with you. Whether you feel him or not, he's still with you because that's what he's really promised.
1: Thank you. Thanks for that, Johnny. Um, I'm so 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 blessed to <laughs> to welcome James and, and Johnny Riley here this morning, and that was a lovely word, Johnny. Thanks so much for bringing that to us. But James now is going to come and bring the word of God to us. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. It's delightful to be here with you, and um, especially to worship with those songs. Thanks, you guys, for thing. Yeah, really. Songs that are sweet and powerful and like songs that are kind of sweeping this planet with contemporary worship sounds. And that, I mean, I used to boast about our teenagers in our church because they lead the worship and they still do and they're good. But boys, boy, could you guys give them a run for their money. It's not a competition, James. It's not a competition. But isn't it good that if we do compete, this is what we we'll compete about is worshiping God and doing good deeds. <clears throat> I want to share with you something this morning. Um that my friend Peter wrote to his friends in Turkey. Some we you are in Turkey this morning. Listen to this is a podcast. I'm talking about Peter who walked around with Jesus. He talked about, you know, once was like this, and now it's like this. Have you had a situation in your life where you say, once it was like this, but now it's like this? Where something has changed in your life. Because the thing about meeting Jesus is that, Things aren't the same afterwards. Peter was an ordinary guy, like you and like me. You think, oh, great man of faith. When he wrote his letters, and he wasn't a great writer, he had help. When he wrote his letters, he said, you have got the same kind of faith that we've got. His life with Jesus was one of, you know, a few false starts. And he eventually got there. Now, maybe you've had a few false starts. But Jesus is calling you as he called Peter and Jesus has prayed for you as he's prayed for Peter so that eventually you'll turn and be firm in your faith. And this is what will happen when that happens. I'm going to read something from the letter that Peter did write. He said, Once you had no identity as a people. You were a nobody. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, if you want to read it later. He said, You were a nobody. But now, you're the people of God. Nobody. You were a nobody. Well, Peter was a somebody. I mean, he had had a wife, he had a brother, he had a father, he had a little family business going on, and he thought, hey, this is my life. And of course he was interested in God too. His brother Andrew would have followed John the Baptist and when he met Jesus at the, at the river, he went and found Peter and says, come here till you see this. And so Peter met Jesus and Jesus called him a new name and then Peter went back fishing again because that was his life. And then one day Jesus called him and Peter got up and followed Jesus. But then later on he went back fishing again because that was his life. i we'll move this microphone around here. And then one day, there was this massive catch of fish. Jesus said to Peter, okay, I've borrowed your boat for the message. Now, you go put the nets down. Peter thought, I'm the fisherman. You're the preacher. I know about fish. And he put the nets down, and he got such a catch of fish, he was frightened. And he said, get away from me, Jesus. Get away from me. This is too much for me. I mean, he'd been looking for Jesus, but when Jesus showed, like, how big he was, Peter thought, I'm not sure I can chew this much. I've bitten off too much. Just leave me alone, Jesus, will you? I'm not not the kind of person you're looking for. And thankfully, Jesus didn't leave him alone. And he did follow Jesus. And then Peter messed up again, of course, really badly denied Jesus at that moment when, like, Jesus really needed a friend, you know? Betrayed and executed and no friends. And Peter, who should have been a great friend, wasn't. Went off and stood by the barbecue fire and warmed his hands, and people said, weren't you one of Jesus' friends? And he said, no, 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 don't even know him, don't even know him, so curse about it. I don't know him, leave me alone. And then, of course, Jesus lit a barbecue for him one morning and said, uh, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? Three times, Peter had said, I don't, don't even know the guy, three times. And Jesus brought him back. So we come on a journey to a place of faith where we can say okay once this was true in my life but now this i'll tell you this if you follow jesus he will make you somebody he will make you somebody that you are not now when we sang that song thanks again guys um you're never gonna let me down i think what, what a what a line because I once was young and now I'm old. Like, I'm not super old. But, you know, I've walked with Jesus for 40 years. 40 years. And he's never let me down. He didn't always do what I wanted him to do. Or do it as quickly as I would have hoped. But I, he's never let me down. So, this is what God does. Peter was there fishing. Who are you, Peter? I'm a fisherman. Peter, follow me and you'll be a fisher of man. Like, Sounds like a little change. It's a big change. Follow me and I will make you something. No surprises with God. Lots of surprises with God. But when God spoke to Abraham long, long ago, the first man of faith God spoke to, he said, leave your country, leave your father's home, come to a land I will show you, I will make you. God will make you you something, something that you are not now as you follow him. Follow me and I will make you. I promise you. You say, I'm a nobody. Yes. Granted, you will be a somebody. That's what he does. He uses humble material. You know, some people can go to a scrapyard and get stuff and they turn it into artwork or like a bike that goes or something. Some people have that gift. God has that gift. He can take you and all that you're not he will make you something once you were nobody now you were god's people you're not just a nobody individually we were nobodies collectively but now we are family we were in a hotel yesterday we met this lady she's from romania i'm not from romania she's a waitress i'm not a waitress but you know what When she was serving her coffee, she said, in my church, when they served the coffee, we said, what church did you go to? So she told us about her church and her journey of faith where she used to just follow God in a formal way and then her mother got sick and she prayed and wanted God to be real and God came into her life and her husband was baptized and she was baptized. We're brothers and sisters. We once were not a people. We weren't connected. Now we are. We are the people of God. God doesn't just make you an individual of significance. He makes you part of his tribe. You belong to the people of God. This is what God does. Once, that wasn't my story. Now, that is my story. Once, you have received no mercy. Now, you have received mercy. No mercy means you get what you deserve. I bought a smartwatch a few weeks ago. Now, I have a friend, and he has an Apple watch. That costs a lot of money. I bought one on eBay for twenty four ninety nine. <laughs> After a week, the touchscreen stopped working. But I sent it back, and they replaced it. But when my touchscreen wasn't working, my friend who was the expensive Apple Watch, he said to me, you get what you pay for, okay? <laughs> no mercy means you get what you pay for. You get what you deserve. Mercy means you get what you didn't pay for. You get it for half price. Or maybe you get it for nothing at all. This is mercy. And it takes some time to get used to it. This is how life is with God. He doesn't give you what's coming to you. He doesn't give you what you deserve. He gives you what he has prepared for you. Imagine that. Once, no mercy. Now, mercy. Bring it on. Bring it on. Mercy. This is good. Verse 24. Verse 24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the tree. Personally. Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the tree so that we would die to sin and live for what is right. For by his wounds you are healed. Maybe you've heard that Jesus died for you. And that's true, but it's not the whole truth. You know, I might be buying a bar of chocolate, and you'd say, I'd like one too. So I buy two bars of chocolate. I buy one for me, and I buy one for you. For you. Okay? Jesus died for you. Yes, he did. But suppose we were in a different situation. Suppose you and I, we work in one of those places where you clock in. Clock in at nine, you clock out at one, you clock in at two, you clock out at five. Does anyone work in a place like that? You have to clock in. To show you're there. Now, let's say we're on a lunch break. And it's five to two. And I'm on my way back. But you want to go shopping. Okay. I say, I'll see ya. Go back to clock in. And you say to me, would you clock in for me? And you give me your card. So I go to the little beep, beep thing. And I beep, clock me in. And beep, I clock you in. I'm not clocking in for you. I'm clocking in as you. You're clocked in. You're present. Because that's you there. Okay? When Jesus died on the cross, he clocked in for you. Clocked in dead. Once... You lived a life of sin. You did some things you're not proud of. Jesus put an end to that. He, he clocked in as you. He died as you. You died. When Jesus took on our body, he personally carried our sins in his body. He's called the second Adam. Adam is a great name. Adam means, as well as being an individual's name, Adam means mankind, us. Jesus is the second Adam. He's us. When he died, we died. That's why we don't sin. Dead people don't sin. Once I was alive to sin, it floated my boat. I did certain things that I'm not proud of now. Now, I have died to those things. Because Jesus died. It is your faith that is the victory that overcomes these things. Not that I'll stop doing it. I can't do it. Jesus died. Now you can obey this with faith, or of course you can disobey it without faith. But as we obey the word of Jesus in faith, we find, I've died. My life's with God now. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Once you were disconnected, the idea of relationship with God wasn't even in your mind. You were disconnected from God. You were disconnected from other people. And can I say this? You were disconnected from yourself. You weren't who you were born to be. We have a wonderful saying in Irish. You were teaching me Irish at the door this morning, weren't you, Sergey? Okay, well here's another one for you. If someone's not well, you know how we say that in Irish. Neil sé Ega He's not himself. He's not at himself. You know, he's at home in his body, but the lights aren't on. Neil sé Ega He's not at himself. Once you had wandered off from your own soul, you weren't, you weren't who you are. You were something else. So when we're disconnected, we're disconnected from God, we're disconnected from other people, we're disconnected from ourselves, once this was us Once you wandered like sheep Bah now you have turned You have returned to the shepherd the guardian of soul You are now kept and cared for Once you didn't have a shepherd now you have a shepherd now Peter's own journey It took him a while to turn. At the time of Jesus' crucifixion, he knew that Peter wasn't going to make it through like like an honors student. Okay? And he's knowing that about you and me too. And our failures don't surprise him. So Jesus knew that Peter was going to struggle at this time. he said... You're all going to fall away because of me. Peter said, oh, no, not me. I, I'm not going to fall away. She said, you're all going to fall away from me. But I've prayed for you that your faith won't fail. And when you have turned, when you have returned, strengthen your brothers, will you? I said how Jesus makes you something. This is what he said to Peter. Follow me, I'll make you. To Abraham, follow me, I'll make you. This is what God does. He shows you something. Oh, big catch of fish. Or whatever. He shows you something about himself. He makes you something. And then he blesses other people with you. It's what he does. He shows you. He makes you. He blesses others through you. Anyway, there's Jesus saying to Peter, when you've turned again, you're going to strengthen other people. You're going to turn again, Peter. Peter had already turned a few times. You know, He followed Jesus, went back, followed Jesus, went back, followed Jesus, went back. Now Jesus says, you're going to turn. It says here about us, once you were like sheep, this is us, once you were like sheep who wandered away, now you have turned. Now you have returned to the shepherd and keeper of your soul. I'm announcing the gospel to you this morning. And what this will do eventually in your life, as you look with faith to Jesus and what he says, he will cause you to return finally to him. Peter, when he finally turned, and like I said, it was a bumpy road, but when he finally turned, he never went back again. He made mistakes again. He did stupid things again. He had to be corrected by his brothers again. Okay? He sort of was a bit slow to do some things and too quick to do other things. And some things he just didn't get at all. But from that point on, he never turned away from Jesus again. Is that what you want? Because this is what God is working in your life. As you listen to his word and as you follow him. Like he said to Peter, follow me. I will make you something. And I don't know the detail of it because our God is full of creativity. That's the first thing we learn in the Bible. And even with any one of ourselves, even my own life, I don't see all this there in the five-year plan. So I can't tell you everything, but I can tell you this. God is working in your life that as you follow him, he will make you into someone who has returned to him. Returned into that place where once You were disconnected, now you're connected. Once you got what was coming to you, now you get what's prepared for you. Once you were inclined to wander off, but now you stay. You keep yourself in the love of God, in the love of Him who's able to keep you. It's a cooperative thing. He puts His hand down to you, but to lift you up properly, you grasp his hand too. He lifts you up. He does the lifting. But you do the cooperating. It's hard to lift someone who won't hold on, who's struggling to get down. This is this is the now that God has for you. Once disconnected, once no mercy, once sin. Now that's all dead. Now, it's me, in a life of connection with Jesus. My soul's been made right. I'm in my right mind. Like when Jesus healed that, wasn't that uh, woman who was in that disturbed state, and then the people went in there, sitting down in her right mind. That's what God's bringing you to. He's bringing you back to where He would have had you in the beginning. Home. The image of God. Connected. A blessing. I don't know where you are on your journey. But I do know that this is the journey of faith that you're on. Let's pray, Just be quiet as you sit there. Let's just open our hearts to God. Lord, we thank you for your work with our souls. That you call us to follow you and to become what's in your heart for us to be. Someone who bears the mark of your image someone who belongs to you, who lives life in mercy, free from sin. And while that's all in the past, and while even in the present, we don't always get it right, this one thing we do want to get right, Lord Jesus. We want to follow you in faith so that you can work in us and establish us, after we've been through a bit of this and a bit of that, that you will establish us secure, steadfast, in faith, in hope, in love. Part of the tribe of your people, but especially looking up to you with an open face of faith that says, you are my God, you are my Maker." You are the one that causes me to flourish. You are the one who leads me and works in my life so that somehow, by your grace, I can be a blessing in the earth. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. Not because I expect it or deserve it, but because you, Lord, have come into my life and you have made it new so the things that were once, as you, Lord Jesus, told your story, I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. And so, Lord Jesus, we come, Lord, to bask in your presence and to continue with our faltering steps on this journey of faith until you, by your kindness and by your working in our lives, you establish us in a place of firm faith so lord we open our hearts and give our hearts as much as we can to you for this process to be completed in our lives take my life lord jesus make me a vessel make me a blessing make me whatever you want me to be amen